Hello and welcome to the St. Mark's podcast. Whether you regularly join us at church on Sundays or you're joining us for the very first time, we hope that this week's talk inspires you and draws you closer to Jesus. Well, hello again. Yeah, I'm Matt. Brilliant to see you here at the start of... Holy Week. Uh, today, if you haven't gathered by now, is Palm Sunday. We may have mentioned that already. And it marks the whole start of a week journeying with Jesus through the Easter story. And we'd love to invite you on that journey as we go through this week uh, so that we can encounter afresh the transforming life of Jesus. And today, I'd love to talk to you about the patterns of obedience that Jesus models to us on such a day as this, and how we might respond ourselves to God's good plans and purposes for our lives. Now, I wonder if you are planning a journey, how do you choose which route to follow? I asked Judah, uh, who's, who's three, I said, how do you know which way to go to preschool? And he, and he thought for a moment and he said, I follow mummy. And I thought, that's, that's fair enough. It's, it's just fair call. Um, if you are under the age of 25, you may never have seen one of these before. Uh, it's uh, a, a roadmap. Mine's actually from 2015. I'm sure there's been a few updates uh, from there, but you might use one of these. Maybe you're too reliant on your sat-nav on your phone. And I don't know about you, but I don't find that overly uh, accurate. Uh, but it does give you something to blame when you've gone wrong, which is always good. Uh, my grandparents, uh, when they were, were alive, used to take an entire day to travel to see us from Suffolk to Kent. It was 109 miles, uh, but it took them a whole day and they had to make sure that they stopped at every single little chef en route. Who remembers little chef? I know. Yeah. How did that go out of business? I don't know. The Olympic breakfast. I mean, what sort of Olympian eats one of those and becomes an Olympian? Never quite understood it, but there we are. But, but my dad, when he drove us the 109 miles to, from Kent to Suffolk, he knew the whole thing by muscle memory, A21, M25, M11, A11. He's just like that. Just get in the car and drive. So we could rely on, on mummy or the roadmap or sat-nav or muscle memory when we're making a physical journey somewhere, but we can't always rely uh, on things or people when it comes to making significant choices in our lives, especially at those sort of critical crossroad moments that we might, might face. At some point, we need to make a choice for ourselves. Is it this way or that way? You see, the small choices like, what shall I do on the weekend or what shall I have for breakfast, don't often require huge amounts of mental or emotional energy. But it's harder when we need to make those choices that could change the course of our lives. And when I see people coming on Alpha, I, I'm genuinely uh, impressed and inspired by their courage to be willing to ask those bigger questions of life and faith. Because as you start questioning those things like, is there a God? And well, who is Jesus? And is there any significance in that? Or does my life has a, have a purpose? Or is God guiding me? That can kind of change the course of your life. It's kind of risky to ask those questions. And there'll always be some people who go, I'm not interested because I don't want to think like that because in my end up having implications for me. 
In our reading in Matthew 21 that Sharon brought to us, Jesus has his own choice to make as he journeys through this remarkable story. He has a choice between obedience to the will of his Father in heaven towards his destiny or else to choose disobedience to that plan. It's a this way or that way moment. Now you might be thinking, and and you know what happens next, we're going to come to that on Good Friday, and you might be thinking, well, well, hang on a second, Jesus didn't make a particularly good choice, it didn't end well for him. But let's not rush ahead. Today I want to think about what choices did Jesus make? How did he decide which way he should go? And what can we learn from those choices that he made, those choices of obedience, and more importantly, how might it affect our lives, our day-to-day lives, for the better? And, and I guess that's what we want to know some 2,000 years later as we celebrate Palm Sunday here today, complete with donkey. Not so much is, is the story true, not so much, uh, you know, are there good morals to this story, but, but more sort of, is this going to make a difference in my life today? If Jesus is modeling to us obedience to some epic plan, to some great purpose in his life, then, then how might you be obedient to God in your life too? Especially if, like Jesus, it could impact your eternal destiny. Wow. Big question, big topic for a Sunday morning, but important stuff. Let me just ask you this. Are you walking in God's purposes for your life? And is it making a difference? Let's take a look at what's happening here in this Palm Sunday story and look at the choices that Jesus makes and see whether we can draw inspiration from those. And I want to begin by talking about this great crowd that was gathered there that day. We read in verse eight, a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road. Now, I I was sort of wondering, did did the crowd choose Jesus or did Jesus choose the crowd? Was it this option or that option, this way or that way? Well, we know from earlier accounts in the scriptures that vast crowds had followed Jesus from Bethany to Jerusalem, having heard that Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. I mean, that was a pretty big news story going on right there. So they were, they were intrigued by what's going on and they're following because they want to know what he's going to do next. Jesus had at this stage almost celebrity status, a great following. And to add to all of this, there was this great crowd gathered in Jerusalem for the Passover festival. And so they started to gather to see what Jesus was all about. So it would seem that the crowds chose Jesus. He was there. They came after him. They wanted to see what was going on. And in another gospel account, in John's gospel, we read that even the religious leaders go on to say, look how the whole world has gone after him. But then Jesus does something really quite extraordinary. Instead of making a speech to the crowd, which would have been near on impossible, it was so, so noisy, he makes his point, his statement, through an action to show this act of obedience towards the will of his heavenly Father. More on that in just a moment. So maybe it wasn't so much the crowd who came for Jesus, but but in this action that Jesus takes, maybe it was Jesus who came for the crowd, who came for the people. Because we read in in John 1.14 that the word became flesh, that is Jesus, 
and made his dwelling among us. He chose us. He came to us. And then in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world, that's us, that he gave his one and only son, that's Jesus, that whoever has, whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. It would seem that Jesus came there amongst the people in great love to show them a better way, a new life, an eternal life on this path of obedience that led to a place of eternal destiny, not just for him, but for the people, for the crowds. And and we have a choice to make too. It's this way or that way. Do we think that Jesus needs our attention to keep him popular some 2,000 years later, to keep the tradition alive? Or can we accept the wonderful truth that God has come in flesh for us, the crowds, the people, That God loves you as much today as he loved those people who were scattered and gathering and lost. And when you hear him calling in your life, when you keep bumping into people who are trying to encourage you in the faith, or if you're not quite there yet, you keep bumping into Christians and you're thinking, what on earth is going on? And maybe God's pursuing me. Maybe he's speaking to you. Maybe there are seeds being planted in your heart and you're starting to wonder, maybe there is more to life than this. Maybe there is a God. Maybe Jesus really does know me. You have a choice to make. Is it this way or that way? Okay, what next? Jesus heads his way into the city of Jerusalem, but, but he could have done otherwise. He could have gone in the opposite direction to Timbuktu. So which way would Jesus choose? Well, by this point in Matthew's gospel, Jesus is pretty much an outlaw. He has wound up so many religious leaders. The authorities are after him. He's the most wanted man in the wild, wild Middle East. So what on earth was he doing? Turning up, gathering a crowd, making a statement in the most crowded place possible and making it incredibly obvious that he was there. Anyone a fan of the TV program Hunted here on Channel 4? No one. Good, just me. Uh, Spy movies, anyone like a good spy movie? A good Bond, Jason Bourne, whatever else? Yeah, yeah, good. Well, you all know that this is an absolute no-go when it comes to any sort of uh, surveillance, that you shouldn't put yourself in the most crowded point and put a big placard saying, hey, I'm Jesus, here I am, doing my thing. I kind of think, well, maybe Jesus could have gone about it in another way. Maybe he could have snuck into the city of Jerusalem on a quiet night in the dark. You know, he'd have been obedient because he'd have gone to Jerusalem like he was meant to, but he could have kept it quiet. But instead, he chooses to do it in a certain way and ride in with a statement into Jerusalem. And Jesus knew that Jerusalem would be the place where he would meet his end, the end of the road, the place that he would die for the people. And this is why some of you might be thinking, well, yeah, exactly my point. Jesus really made the wrong choice because it didn't end well for him. But actually, no, Jesus didn't make the wrong choice. He was completely obedient. Let me say why just very briefly. If you jump forward in the scriptures to Acts chapter 2, this is the Acts of the Apostles, the account of the early church. Peter stands up and he addresses a a crowd, a crowd of people who have been really intrigued by Jesus and they were saying, well, Jesus is now resurrected, he's come alive. And, And Peter talks to the crowd and this is what he says in verses 22, 23. He says, Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you 
by miracles, wonders, and signs. So they're thinking, okay, right, we know this is the Jesus Peter's talking about, that Jesus. Which God did through him, as yourselves know. This man, Jesus, was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. God's deliberate plan handed Jesus over to the crowds to be crucified. You might be thinking, well, that's incredibly cruel. How could God do that to an innocent man like Jesus? But Jesus wasn't some innocent third party chosen out to be the saviour, to be sacrificed. Jesus is God. Jesus is God the Son, God incarnate, God in flesh. God himself would deliberately give himself over to the people who would nail him to a cross. God would deliberately give himself in the place of sinful people like you and me. So why did Jesus need to be obedient to the will of his father if he had no choice, if that was going to happen anyway, if that was God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge? But actually, I think Jesus did have a choice. He was fully God, but he was also fully man, which means that he was subject to the same sort of decisions and struggles that we might face as well. And that means if he wanted to bail out, he could have done. Before his crucifixion, Jesus calls out to his Father in heaven in in a painful and heartfelt prayer, and he prays this. He says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, this cup of suffering. What's going to happen to me? Take it away from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus was obedient to the Father's will, to God's divine purpose, to his divine purpose within the life of God's, um, well, God's life in the Trinity. So what was God's divine desire? The Father's divine desire was also the Son's divine desire, was the Spirit's divine desire. Jesus was obedient to God's divine purposes for him and for all who would accept him. So sure, Jesus could have chosen Timbuktu. He could have run away, far away from the pain and the heartbreak. But instead, and in great love, he chooses to show the many people, the crowds, that God's way to freedom is through his sacrifice, where he would suffer and die so that ultimately we wouldn't have to. But instead, we would receive forgiveness and eternal life. So that our sin, sin just means separation from God, would be removed and so we would be free to have a relationship with God. In Romans 6.23, it tells us that the wages of sin, the cost of our sin is ultimately death. But, but the gift of God, that is Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our life. It is by his obedient decision to go to the cross that we find forgiveness, that we find life. It is by his death that we are saved. So his obedience to death was entirely necessary, but amazingly, he chose to go through with it for you and for me. Jerusalem was a very strange way for Jesus to go towards God's unfailing love for us. In obedience to this path of suffering, we are spared the consequences 
of sin. We're spared from eternal separation from God. That is a good news story. So what next of the choices that Jesus makes? Well, we've had our own donkey in here this morning, just about. Didn't look like he was going to make it at one stage. But Jesus made another strange decision, and we might think it is anyway. Donkey or horse, this way or that way. What is the best way to travel into a city if you are a king, the king of all kings? How would you do it? What would you choose to come in on? I'd come in on a Harley Davidson. What about you? Horse? Go for anything else? Limousine, maybe? Hummer? Huh? On your feet. Great. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Hoverboard, skateboard, I don't know. Um, Well, the reading in Matthew 21 tells us that he opted for a donkey. Sometimes we can think that Jesus rode in on a donkey because, well, he was so humble, uh, right? It was a lowly animal. It was a cheap way of transport. No expense spared. It was just a borrowed donkey. It was going back in the end anyway. But you'd be wrong if you were thinking that. A donkey was the transport of a king, regardless. That's what a king rode on. A king would ride a donkey when making peace, but he would ride a horse when going into battle as a warrior. So what's Jesus saying here, going in on a donkey? Well, people thought that Jesus was coming to overthrow the Roman Empire, those terrible oppressors, coming in for battle to be the savior. But instead, Jesus came in to declare peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and he is king. The way of Jesus is towards peace. And when we accept Jesus into our lives, we can know that incredible peace, not only because we have hope in eternity, but also because we can know that God is with us by his Holy Spirit, and the Spirit gives us strength and assurance no matter what we're facing in this life. It doesn't matter how chaotic how stormy our life might feel. The Prince of Peace, when he comes to reign in our lives, gives us that steadiness because he came not by force. He won't ever come by force into our lives, but he comes by peace. We too can choose Jesus the King who comes not by force in our lives, but in peace. So Jesus has made some choices of obedience to the will of his heavenly Father, He chooses to come for the crowd, God in flesh. He chose to ride into Jerusalem towards his death. He chose the way of peace so that we'd have peace with God and with one another. But we must make our choice too, this way or that way. So are we today watching in the crowd or joining in this way or that way? The crowd that gathered around Jesus made a choice. Some decided just to watch what was happening, but that was all, end of the story. And others joined in. We hear how they laid down palm branches and coats on the road, and they shouted, Hosanna. Hosanna means save now, or God save the king. They participated in Jesus' arrival as the Messiah, as the Christ. But it wouldn't be long before that same crowd that welcomed him in rejected him and handed him over to be crucified. They didn't understand what statement they were making and the statement that Jesus was making. But we have seen, we have been shown this great love and we see now what Jesus was doing. And we can look at Jesus today as people who just look from a distance as a crowd looking in or we can choose to join in and receive 
his great gift of sacrifice and love for ourselves. When we join in, we can know that very real and tangible relationship with Jesus today that will lead us into the way of freedom. So it wasn't just Jesus who chose this way or that way. We have choices too. And if you'd love to follow Jesus for yourself and to know that way of freedom, you don't need to wait. You can ask him to come into your life right now in peace. And if that's you, we'd love to pray for you in a moment to receive that peace that passes all understanding. We'd love to welcome you onto Alpha and to start asking those big risky questions that could change the course of your life for the better. Jesus can transform our lives as individuals, not just set us free from our failures and our, and our sin, but he can equip us with his power today by his Holy Spirit. To trust Jesus with our lives is to say, not my way, not my will, but your way for my life. And that is the start of patterns of obedience for your life. It starts with a yes and amen to the King of Kings. So Jesus can change us, but Jesus can also change the church. This is family. We don't come to church. We are the church. We're not just a, a bricks and mortar, four walls type church. We're a church out there. God wants to equip us. He's got plans and purposes for your life. He wants you to find your place, to use your God-given skills and abilities, but also to get out those doors and to be a blessing because he has blessed you to be a witness to his life and his light and his kingdom and his reign of peace and love out there. As we go from this place, we're made his disciples, his followers, and we can go on to change how things are around here because God won't just change the church, he'll change Grimsby too as we move on from being gathered to being scattered out there. Jesus has called us to love God, but also love our neighbours. I wonder what that looks like for you, Monday to Saturday, as we take those simple steps of faith, those steps of obedience to his plans and purposes for our lives. Just imagine what we will begin to see, not just through things like Alpha, although I'm promoting Alpha, go for it, bring people along, absolutely. But what about those conversations that you get to have day to day in the places you find yourselves? What about those people you get to pray for? What about those people that you meet? What about those people that you get to serve? Grimsby will be changed because of what Jesus has done for us, because of what Jesus did through those steps of obedience riding into Jerusalem. And those patterns of obedience, they're for us too, they're for me, and they are for you. Despite your circumstances, despite whatever, God is calling you to take those steps of obedience today, to trust in him, to follow his will, his good and perfect will for your lives. Because as we do that, we'll see patterns of heaven painted over Grimsby and over our community. But it is a choice and the choice rests with each of us. It starts with us, this way or that way. The choice is yours. I'd love to pray for us. Um, but can I invite you to stand if you're able to? And then we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and meet with us and to fill us afresh. So Lord Jesus, I want to thank you so much for your obedience to the will of the Father. Thank you that you chose to deny yourself and to ride into that city, 
towards your death so that we wouldn't have to track down the path of death and separation so that we might know life in all its fullness. Lord Jesus, we recognize you for who you are, King of Kings, Prince of Peace. Amen.